Good evening and welcome to Guys Guys Radio. This is your host, Robert Manny, welcoming you to the show. Let me ask you a question. Have you ever been stricken with cancer? Do you know anybody who's been stricken with cancer? Has it caught anybody you know or yourself off guard? Well, we're going to talk about cancer tonight. Uh, not the most pleasant subject, but something that you can learn a lot from. and We've all learned a lot from. Because so many people, I think it's like almost one out of every three people is going to have some type of bout with cancer over their lifetime. Our special guest is Barry Eaton. He's calling in from Australia, and we're pleased to have him on the show. And his new book is called The Joy of Living, Postponing the Afterlife. He's been on the show a few times previously, talking about his work with fascinating work and his books on past life regression. But this one's a little bit out of the box. And uh, I can relate to this because uh, a couple of years ago, 2014, uh, I've mentioned this story on the air a few times, but uh, I was out for a run and I had uh, some pain afterwards and I was uh, writhing for about six hours on the floor uh, at my beach house and I did not know what was going on. And then the next day, I had the same thing happen. It lasted about six hours. It's the worst pain I've ever had in my life. So I got back to New York and I went to my doctor and he gave me a CAT scan. He said, you've got a kidney stone, but also I found a growth on each one of your kidneys. And just to let you know how, you know, with Western medicine, it's a crapshoot. They do some wonderful things. But my, my regular doctor said, well, maybe that's a good thing that you have a growth on each side, which I was like, are you kidding me? Uh, but sure enough, five weeks later, I had to go in for, uh, the first of two robotic surgeries and, uh, on my kidneys, one on each kidney, who even thinks about their kidney? Uh, the kidney stone, um, when they went up, uh, to get it and grab it and take it out, it was gone, uh, almost a miracle. And then I had my two robotic surgeries. They both went very, very well. Uh, my doctor, my surgeon told me that, you know, 98% chance I'd never have this happen again. I immediately, uh, examined my lifestyle and, uh, made some major changes there. I asked him, how did I get this? He said, it's sporadic. I said to myself, nothing sporadic. I was connected to a, uh, Ayurvedic, uh, medicine, medical practice through one of my guests, Dr. Amit Goswami a noted quantum physicist and author. author. I've gone through the protocol for uh, the entire year, 2017 so far, lots of supplements, lots of different types of treatment. And uh, it's lowered, it's basically, it's cut my internal toxicity in half by, uh, by 100% actually. Um, so I feel very good that I've done all the right things. You never know though, because we live in, like I live in New York City and uh, there's so much radiation from cell phones and all different types of signals. And you've got your Wi-Fi and your router and all kinds of uh, uh, things going on in the air here, plus the food supply and the water and everything else. And you really have to be careful, but you can protect yourself. You can do a lot of things. And I think based on what I went through, because my surgeon was absolutely phenomenal. He did a great job on both my left kidney and my right kidney. Actually, my kidneys are functioning better, better than they did before I had my surgery. So it's absolutely amazing. So um, I think it's a combination of Western medicine and Eastern medicine. You have to kind of go inside and, uh, talk to yourself internally and ask yourself, what's the best method? What do I do? And with that in mind, that's what our special guest tonight, Barry Eaton did. He's gone through about with a couple of different types of cancer. His new book is called the joy of living postponing the afterlife. I read it over the past week and I could relate to so much of it. And he's such a great guest because he's very articulate. He's a radio personality in Australia. He's also written a couple of really good books on uh, uh, past life regression. And as an advanced clinical Master hypnotist, I've done past life regressions. Uh, I've been through the process on myself and through other people. And uh, it's really phenomenal learning experience. But Barry's gone way deeper than I ever had. And his uh, books are amazing. So I'm going to bring him out in a couple minutes. Um, very quickly, let's just go through what's been going on. Um, 
you know, every once in a while, I guess we're all on Facebook. Every once in a while, I'll post something, something that really irks me with the uh, current administration. I don't like that, you know, a lot of people, I'm sure my listeners, a lot of them voted for Trump. And I get it. I think Trump's been a great disruptor. And I think when Trump is no longer the president, people are going to say, wow, this guy did us a service because he made everybody wake up and start paying attention. And he's done that. And he's flipped everything upside down. Well, that's good to a point. But when you get to situations where it becomes personal, uh, then it's, it's a problem. And right now we're dealing with a situation in Puerto Rico where it seems like, uh, you know, the relief effort is a little bit half-hearted. And, uh, and then I started looking into it and I realized that, you know what? Puerto Rico citizens cannot vote in the presidential election. They can vote in the primaries, but they can't vote in the presidential election. And the relief has been very slow there. And uh, there's some shipping laws called the Jones Act, where only U.S. companies can get shipping down there unless uh, there's a, uh, the law is lifted. And they've done that for both uh, Texas and Florida, but they have not done that for Puerto Rico. And Puerto Rico has been devastated. The uh, people there, half of them, they don't have power. They don't have water. They don't have food. It's baking hot. There's water everywhere. It's just a terrible, terrible situation. And uh, we, we as Americans need to do something to protect our brothers and sisters there. And it's interesting. I posted something on Facebook about the fact that wonder why Trump uh, hasn't uh, sent all the relief to Puerto Rico yet and made a priority. Well, it's because they can't vote for him. And of course, you know, I get some likes here and there and some comments and always the Trump base, the trolls come out complaining about either doing one of two things. One is complaining about why does everybody criticize Trump? And the other thing is Trump won. He won already. Get over it. Neither has anything to do with the fact that we have people hurting there and we have to help them out. And uh, I did a little back and forth. And uh, eventually I just tell people who are going to start crowing about the election, like, you know, you can leave now. Uh, you're missing the point. The point is about helping people. And, uh, you know, it's interesting though. Anytime I tell myself, I'm not going to post anything. The election's over. This investigation is going to play its way through. We'll find out what happened and we'll see. Uh, but it's not, I think it's going to take at least until next year. In the meantime, uh, because of our president's uh, personality, uh, nothing, uh, even with the house and the Senate, in the Republican camp, he's had shown an inability to kind of make friends and influence people and pass any legislation. And uh, it, it's, it's a problem for him. It's a problem for people because we need to get some things done. And, uh, you know, beyond disruption, you've got to get some things done. So anyhow, but whenever I post something, people who are in my friends list and who I really never hear from, they come out of the woodwork and they, have their, you know, Trump comments. So uh, I find it interesting that a lot of the folks in the red states, if you will, um, you know, they have bought into the elitist New York City slick talker and they are sticking with him. And I find it fascinating. And Trump keeps doubling down on that, which is interesting. And I know it's politics, but the bottom line is, when people, and particularly Americans, if it's all about America first and all of that stuff, which I don't, you know, I understand, but I think we have to be citizens of the world too. Let's help people who need help. And these people in Puerto Rico need help, regardless of the fact, I'm sorry, Mr. President, but yes, they do live on an island. I think that's pretty obvious, but ships can go there. So let's get the supplies there. Let's get some troops there and let's help them out. So anyhow, that's one thing. The other thing is, you know, Trump's been so doubling down on this whole NFL thing with the, with the national anthem and all that. And I was thinking about that. And I'm like, aha, way back in the 1980s, I was a, uh, I bought tickets to the New Jersey Generals, the USFL spring football team that Donald Trump owned. And Donald Trump tried to get into the NFL and they rejected him. And then in around 2014, he put together a group to buy the Buffalo Bills and he didn't get in again. 
So I think our president has a bone to pick with the NFL, and that's part of what's been driving his attempting to put a wedge in there and make the players and the teams and the owners look bad. It's just, it's just such a waste, but that seems to be what's going on. So anyhow, let's move to so a couple other topics, and then we'll bring Barry Eaton on, our special guest. Um, here in New York City, it's amazing because today is September 27th. It hit, it hit the high 80s again today. We've had 90 degrees basically all week, and it last week was very hot also. And it was interesting because September 1st was a cool day, and then it started getting hot again. And it's, you know, I had the air conditioning on, shorts on, short sleeve shirt. And, you know, we're rounding the turn to October. It seems like what's happened with our, uh, with the seasons here in the Northeast is that the summers last longer and the winters last longer, but the winters start later now. Um, I recall, I know I've been around here a long time. I remember about 10 years ago where, you know, it snowed on October 15th and we had a really, I think this was like 1996 or so. We had a really, really, really bad winter, a lot of storms. Uh, but since then, um, you know, we've had this sporadic big storm every now and then, but it's been warmer in the winter and we haven't had the, uh, you know, ongoing storms the way we've had in the past. Although, you know, we're having these hurricanes and all that kind of stuff. So it's just, and it's also, it's humid here. It's, you know, September weather, it's usually not humid. It should be in the 60s and kind of temperate and low humidity, but it's been in the 80s and 90s and it's been humid. It's almost tropical. Uh, so the weather has, I think, you know, I've been here my whole life for the, mo- for the most part. I moved away a couple of years, but the weather has changed here. And again, I think the summers last longer and the winters start later, but the seems the winters seem to go, you know, right on in, through May and sometimes into June, but the summers keep going right through September and we'll see what October brings us. But I got to tell you, God, the air conditioning on all over my, uh, my place today is hot. Uh, so that's that. What else is going on? Well, here in New York, the New York Yankees, the baby bombers, as they call them, they made the playoffs. Nobody expected anything, but here they are. They're in the playoffs and uh, they're going to probably end up hosting the wild card game. So we'll see how they do there. Last year, they did that also, but they lost to Houston and they were out of it because what happens is the two wild card teams, they play a one game playoff and the winner goes to a, I think it's a seven game playoff against, uh, and there's four teams in each league. And then two teams go to the World Series. But um, you got to win that one-game playoff. It's a big deal. You know, you play 163 games, I think. And then the two wild-card teams, they play one game. And the one game determines who moves on. So it's, it's a lot of intensity with that. I think it should be probably best out of three or something. It seems a bit much just to do one game. And I think the second series it always was three out of five. Uh, I'm not sure if it's that now or if it's already four out of seven. I think it might have moved already to four out of seven because they want to make more TV money. But I think it should be two out of three, three out of five, four out of seven, and the World Series four out of seven. But that's just me. Um, tonight we're going to do the uh, Guys, Guys, Guide after our guest uh, is on. And we're going to talk about just the art, the Guys, Guys, Guide to Being. And that's just about, you know, why it's important not to have to be doing something all the time. You don't have to always be doing, doing, doing. In New York, particularly, everybody's multitasking. Everybody's doing. People get very uptight if they're not doing something. And sometimes it's better and more productive to just be and relax. But uh, it's a tough lesson learned. Now, I learned my lesson recently because uh, I mentioned this on the broadcast a few, the last few weeks, but I caught pneumonia about a month ago and I'm all recovered but uh, when I found out about it, I was like, wow, I got, I had to get the Western medicine, you know, the, you know, the certain point I couldn't pull myself through this. I, maybe my mind is, hasn't proven to be strong enough yet, but um, I needed the, I needed the antibiotics. So I got them and uh, I got better. And uh, I believe in a, you know, combination of Western medicine and Eastern medicine and preventive medicine from the East. And then when you get something, Western medicine is usually pretty uh, effective. But it taught me that, 
you just got to chill out. I didn't feel like watching a movie, listening to music, writing or whatever. I forced myself through to get some projects done, but that was it. And the rest of the time I said, I'm just going to just relax. And like, I have the opportunity right now that I can do that. And I'm going to do that. And it turned out to be a really good decision. It taught me a lot about, you know what? You can use that time productively without having to force it. Just get in alignment and let ideas come through and sort some things out and let a lot of things go that aren't in your truth. So that's what I've done. So anyhow, uh, in a moment, we're going to bring out our special guest, uh, Barry Eaton. So let's take a very quick break and then we'll come right back and bring him out. All right, we're back. So tonight's show, as I mentioned, our special guest is Barry Eaton. Barry is a, uh, he's a writer. He's a talk show host, a radio host in, uh, in Australia. Let me t- see what else I can tell you about him with his bio out here. He's a TV presenter also and a journalist, and he spent most of his career at ABC and various commercial stations in Sydney. He's also, uh, he's a fascinating guy. He's an astrologer, a medium, a psychic intuitive. And Radio Out There, his interactive internet radio program, allows his guests to share their metaphysical knowledge to the world. And that's what we're going to do here on Guys Guys Radio tonight. Barry studied mediumship at the Arthur Findlay College in the UK. He's also an acclaimed writer. He's scripted and narrated many documentary films and corporate presentations. And he's credited with feature stories for magazines and newspapers based on his expertise in travel, entertainment, astrology, spirituality, his previous books that we've had him talk about on Guys Guys Radio are No Goodbyes and Afterlife, Uncovering the Secrets of Life After Death. And uh, his new book, as I mentioned, is The Joy of Living, Postponing the Afterlife. So let's bring him on right now. Good evening, Barry. How are you? I'm great, Robert. How are you? I'm fantastic. Thanks so much for uh, calling in. Now, you're in Australia. Uh, where are you and what time is it? <laughs> Well, it's um, 17 minutes past 10 in the morning over here, uh, the day after yours, and I'm up on the uh, north coast of the state of New South Wales, which is about all 10 hours' drive north of Sydney. Very, very hot day today here, Rob. It's going to be about 34 degrees uh, centigrade, which is what, about um, uh, 90-odd degrees, about 95 degrees Fahrenheit. Wow. Well, do you you like the warm weather? (laughs) <laughs> whether I like it or not, it's here. <laughs> so your book, uh, as I mentioned in my opening, I can certainly relate to your experience. It's not exactly the same, but I did have a little surprise of my own a few years ago. And uh, I realized that um, my big learning was that nothing is sporadic and I have to take care of myself. And so I blended a combination of Eastern preventative uh, te- techniques as well as Western uh, you know, robotic surgery to take care of the things I had to take care of. And then I had another uh, surprise uh, about a month or so ago when I found out I had walking pneumonia and I had to make the decision, do I want to take antibiotics or not? And I said, hell yeah. So tell us a little bit about what happened with you, your surprise uh, diagnosis and uh, the process you went through in terms of determining uh, what would be your treatment based on your beliefs. Well, about um, four and a half years ago, early 2013, Robert, I uh, was diagnosed with having throat cancer. I just thought I just had something stuck in my throat, but it turned out to be a throat tumor, which then had to come out. Along the way, we found out I also had um, cancer of the thyroid, so I had to have um, triple surgery there. Then I was told, oh, well, you've got to go and and, and have the rest of it uh, treated either with chemotherapy or radiotherapy. I said, no, thank you very much. Chemotherapy is not on board. I went away to think about it all. I did a lot of deep meditation to find out, you know, what the best course of action is because I'm far more inclined to holistic, uh, complementary medicines. I'm, I'm not a great pharmaceutical medicine taker, and I really have to. There's times we all have to do that. But to me, I keep it to the absolute minimum. So I, I got some very intense spiritual help went into meditation from the uh, my, my spirit helpers I've contacted and worked with in my previous books that you mentioned earlier on and I was given a, a very strong message what we want you to do is to combine holistic complementary and mainstream I thought oh mm-hmm. okay well uh, 
what do you mean mainstream? I said, I'm not having chemotherapy. <laughs> this is all my main, in my meditation. I said, no, 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 we don't want you to have chemotherapy. We want you to have radiotherapy. Then after all this is over, we want you to write a book about it. No. Uh-huh. Okay. So why would I want to write a book about it? I'm asking in my meditation. And the answer came back because it, you're going to have a far greater impact on, on people who read the book and hear about it because not many people are ever going to contemplate going down a complete alternative path. But to talk about the combination, as you said earlier, of Eastern and Western, and not only Eastern, but you know, your own spiritual, your own uh, practices right. such as meditation, I work through hypnotherapy, I work through energy healing, all sorts of different modalities. And when I opened myself up to all this, because I was told in my, my spiritual contacts that we'll help you, we'll send people to you, we'll open doors for you, so just trust. So I did, I trusted and all sorts of people, all sorts of help, all sorts of backup, advice, everything just seemed to land in my lap. I don't believe in coincidences, but this was all, mm-hmm. I believe, part of the, of the process, part of the journey that I'd agreed to probably, you know, at the very beginning of my soul contract coming into this lifetime. So when I decided to, uh, to, to combine the two of them, uh, my family was shocked really because they, they all thought I was going to probably disappear off onto the mountains and sit in a cave and eat raw vegetables and then they'd probably come and get my body a few months later and cart it down off the mountain. So they were all delightfully surprised that I was actually going to combine the two of them. So I think this is a good reflection of of how other people might react to the book, Mm -hmm. uh, which has been co-written by me and my partner, Anne, who was the, uh, the, the caretaker who worked with me all through this and she wrote the experience from her point of view and the caretaker's point of view was absolutely vital. So that's the, that's the story in a nutshell. So in the book, The Joy of Living, I described the whole process. The, it, it unfolded over several months, and it was an, an incredible experience that changed my life forever, Robert. Well, let's talk a little bit about um, when you, uh, you're a pretty uh, spiritual guy already, and you've developed skills to be psychic, clairvoyant, etc. And, you know, most people, I think the, the common belief is that most people have those skills inside them, but it's challenging for a lot of people to call upon those skills and nurture them and bring them out. So for the uh, layman, if you will, when they get their prognosis of something like what you had, a lot of people just totally freak out. Uh, How would you advise mm, the layman, if you will, uh, to uh, be able to go inside and get some answers. Let me give you a quick example, um, because I consider myself in the guys, guys, regular guy kind of layman's area. When I reached a point where my coughing was so severe and I had a fever and night sweats and uh, my coughing hurt me so much that it was giving me, I felt like I had a concussion. My head hurt so much. And I said, I need help. I finally reached out to my guides and my angels uh, and the universal consciousness and said, "I, I need help. And the next day, I had a feeling that go home, go away from the Jersey Shore where I was, go back to New York and go to the doctor. It was just a feeling I had. And I did that, and I'm very glad I did that. So I just had a, had a feeling. I didn't have a, you know, it wasn't scripted out to me or anything. And what my learning was that you just have to be um, available to get messages however they come in. I'll give you another example. Uh, Last week, I was saying, I need a sign from my guides that um, I'm on the right track. And uh, a bird came into my beach house. And uh, I was freaked out by it because I always thought a bird means bad luck. And I once had a crow come into my beach house, and it turned out to be not a good thing. But this was a little, it wasn't, it wasn't like a little finch. And I identified it, and then I caught it. And I think it might have been a bird that migrated up the coast from the hurricanes and I let it outside. And then I'm like, well, maybe I should have kept the bird. I don't know. My wife and I were talking about it, but we have a cat and everything. I was like, you know what? And I had roofers coming up to my place, coming into my place. I had a bird flying around and I was trying to open skylights, all this stuff. Anyhow, I caught the bird with towel and let him out. And then a couple hours later, I said, wow, that was a sign because I looked up the finch as a, a bird and what happens, you know, in terms of what is it, what does a finch mean? Uh, symbolically, and it's a very good sign. And I'm like, wow, that was my guys. They were giving me a sign. I asked for a sign, and I got one. So anyhow, long story long, 
tell us how um, you got your information and how you would advise the, our listeners to be able to go inside and get guidance when things like this happen? Well, as you said in your, um, your question there, going inside is really important. And, and I found over the years the only way to go inside is, well, the best way certainly is through meditation, quiet time. Our minds are so in so much turmoil all the time because of world circumstances, right. political carry-on, all those, the vicissitudes of life. We need to go away quietly, calm the monkey mind, Go inside, mm-hmm. listen to the intuition, wisdom from within, connect with your guides, ask for help, and not expect it all in five minutes. But I did a, a series of long meditations, and I asked for help, I asked for advice, and it started to come. Then when I got the advice, the most important thing is to trust that advice, because if you're in the right connection, you are not going to be given something stupid. If, if you suddenly get a message, go off and jump off a cliff. Well, you're not going to do that. I mean, that's absolutely stupid. You're going to obviously listen and take the kind of advice that resonates with you spiritually and uh, intuitively. So when you get all of this, then the next step, Robert, is to accept some kind of responsibility. It's not a matter of turning mm-hmm. over and going to the doctor and saying, doctor, doctor, you know, I've got this cancer. What are you going to do? You, it's all your responsibility. You, you fix it up. It's, here it is. It's all your problem. No, 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 no. You have to take some form of responsibility. After all, you're the one that has co-created this. You've co-created it with your body and right. your soul. So mm-hmm. there's a reason for it all. So once you have created this, then it makes logical sense that you in some way can at least help to overcome this. We're talking about early stage cancer that I had here. I mean, if somebody's in the last week or two, then there's nothing, you know, we can't start to give great medical advice here. And I do emphasize that this is my journey. This is my Mm -hmm. experience. I'm not telling people what to do, what to think, how to do it. I'm just giving some kind of the inspiration that was given to me, I'm trying to pass on so that people can take responsibility for themselves. Because if you can't do that, then how are you going to make a decision? Part of my intuition said to me, no, you're not going to do chemotherapy. That's the wrong thing. I have a lot of questions about it anyway, and and in the last couple of years, there's all sorts of facts come out about that. I'm not in the process of of knocking any kind of medical treatments at all. But for me, that was off the table, and I said that to the doctors. I uh, at first reluctantly accepted radiotherapy as the mainstream medicine, and I had some amazing things happen there, opened many doors by my spiritual advisors, and then all of these other holistic uh, experiences came to me, healers, hypnotherapists, all sorts of people. I've, I've written a whole story in the book, The Joy of Living. It's yep. obviously too much to summarize in a radio program here, but we're just looking at the, uh, the, the nuts and bolts of it at the present stage. And... Taking responsibility is the first and most important step after you've been diagnosed. You go through the fear process. You have to go through fear because that's the the body and the mind and the emotions way of reacting on this. But I always use the analogy, fear, F-E-A-R, false evidence appearing real. And when we look back at many of our fears, most of our fears in recent times, they've all disappeared. They've all been worked through. You've solved them in some way. They haven't destroyed your life. And if they have, then what have you done to create that yourself? What have you done to exacerbate the situation? So false evidence appearing real is a very good way of looking at the fear. But you go through a fear process. That's natural. Once you can come out the other side with a positive mindset, and I did this through meditation, once you can start to attack these things positively, looking for answers, opening up your heart, opening up your soul, opening up your mind, and start making your own decisions instead of giving your power away. And then, most importantly, as I said before, the caretaker, the kid, uh, the person who is going to be in your life to share what's your experience. Because you go into this little bubble, you go into your own cave at this particular time, and it's a dark cave at first. You need this help, you need somebody. But you become become very self-focused. So the caretaker is the person in your life, whether it's your partner, in my case it was my partner Anne, who also co-wrote this book with me from her point of view, and also my son was in there as well, and he yep. also contributed to the book. But it might be a partner, it might be your parents, it might be a sibling, a 
very, very close friend. But whoever it is is giving up part of their life to be able to help and work with you. So an appreciation and an understanding that the whole world doesn't revolve around you and the little bubble that you're in at the time. Yep. All of these things are the way to start off the process. And then once you're on the way, you've got yourself into a good pattern, a positive mindset, then you can allow events to unfold and deal with them as they come, which is what I've written about in The Joy of Living. Now, um, let's let's continue on that thread for a second. Um, you know, it's interesting. When I was uh, went through my uh, little health scare, if you will, my wife was very nonplussed about the whole thing. And I afterwards, I asked her, I said, you, you never seem to be concerned about that. And she said to me, and it's made a big difference. She said, well, I always saw you and I always see you as healthy. So it wasn't an issue for me. And I didn't realize at the time how important that was. But I think that plus having your own positive mindset is hugely important. And I know you emphasize the positive mindset in your book. So talk to us a little bit more about that, Barry. Well, it's so easy to drop into a state of, of negative or glass half full mentality with life the way it is, you know, with all the, the negative things that are going on in the, in the world, in the, uh, the world of the mainstream media and everything like that. There are some pretty bar- dark pictures being uh, yeah, painted yeah. for us out there. Very yeah. easy to drop into negativity. It's, it's not always possible, of course, to just be positive all the time. It, the Pollyanna attitude doesn't work. I don't believe full time. You've got it's like a battery. You've got a negative end and a positive end. But the power is somewhere in the middle, and it's working out where you can take this positive thinking to. And at, the, at some stage, or, or no stage, I should say, did I ever believe that cancer was going to beat me, that I would end up in the pine box? And if I did, having written about the afterlife in my other two books, Afterlife and mm-hmm. Life, I was not afraid. I thought, well, if this is my destiny, if you like, if this is the end of it all, I'm happy because I know that everything's on the other side and it's a pretty good trip over there and I'll be quite happy when I go back there. And if this is my time, it's my time. But I was never afraid that I was going to die. And that is also part of the whole thing. Mm -hmm. Not not giving your power away, retaining that power, power of, of belief in yourself, in the decisions you've made, the power of understanding and loving the people that are helping you along in the journey. So this positive mindset is absolutely essential. Because if you even start to think, oh, well, no, I might, I might get through this. Oh, I don't know whether mm-hmm. I can cope with right. all these medical stuff. And, oh, what happens if I die? And I better start. And you know, you'll have people saying, oh, you better make sure that you, you've got your will all sorted out. And if you've got your estate and, and you know, if you, you left messages for you, I'm like, oh, you should have that anyway. But you, once you start going down that path in the right. treatment, I don't think it's going to be helpful in any way at all. So positive thinking wherever possible, is absolutely essential. Now, you uh, mentioned earlier about your uh, soul contracts, and I'm wondering, um, did that come into mind when you were got your diagnosis uh, uh, both times? Did you think, like, well, this is something I signed up for, and why did I sign up for this, or is this something that just occurred during this life and he, I've created this situation and now I have to acknowledge it and deal with it and ask it to leave her. How did you kind of process all of that uh, starting with the soul contract? I've always had, um, I've always had this notion that um, this particular year would be my last year for some reason, this particular age. And uh, I had my kind of health scare a couple of years ago, which could have led right up to this year if I didn't nip it in the bud, and then I had my pneumonia thing this year, and I'm always thinking that, you know what, I've got my 2.0, but as soon as I get past the next couple of months, everything's fine. Now, that's just in my head, but I'm wondering, is this something I signed up for, and now I'm changing my soul contract, if you will? So there's a lot of stuff I'm throwing at you, but talk to us a little bit about soul contracts, and can you change things once you're in this third dimensional, uh, you know, body and everything. And how did you process all of that when you were going through your situation? Well, as I've written before, I believe we all have uh, 
a life contract. We have a purpose in life. Understanding that purpose is uh, is very, very important. Most people just drift through life without worrying about a purpose. They just take things one at a time and drift off into a nice sex, drugs and rock and roll kind of mentality. Um, mm-hmm. But once you start working with your soul and you find out your soul purpose, my research shows to me that we have an agreement when we come on to the, in, back into this world in this lifetime. There are certain things that we have agreed to work with. Along the way, I believe we have a certain number of destiny points, call it that way, like plot points in a movie. When we reach those certain destiny points, and I think they are inbuilt, then we have the free will as to how we're going to react to those situations, those circumstances. Do we go through this door? Do we shut another door? Do we do we go through a divorce? Do we walk out of this job? Do we go to this health practitioner or not? This is where the, the personal choice comes in, and this is where we create. And as we make these decisions and we go into these new life paths, then it also then changes other potential destiny points because other destiny points arise that will be as a result of those choices. So life is a continuing unfolding of where we are going, what we've agreed to, what we want to achieve, and it's all about growing our soul. That's our whole purpose for being here, learning, making mistakes, growing, balancing our karma from previous lives that we've brought back, working with people, finding out about ourselves. You know, it's, it's a big story. Everybody's got their own mm-hmm. story. And we, we, we can't generalize, but there are certain things we can talk about, and that is soul contract and what we've agreed to do. But if we don't know what, if we've signed a contract and we don't read it, you go and buy a car or buy a house yep. or whatever, mm-hmm. and you don't read the contract and don't understand it, you can find yourself caught up in many ways. So going in through meditation once again, understanding your purpose, getting in touch with your soul. And there are many ways you can do this. I, I, maybe it's a, a chat on another program. Um, but I, I think that you can get in touch with your soul. I do it all the time. The soul connects with the heart. Got it. That's mm-hmm. where it connects with the body. Get in touch with your heart. Put your hands over your heart. Feel the heart beating. Go into meditation. Feel your soul. Ask. Ask for your soul. Ask to get in touch with your higher self, that part of you that you didn't, that part of your soul energy you didn't bring back mm-hmm. to this lifetime. We don't bring all of our soul energy back with us. And once we can connect, then we can find out just what it is we need to do under these particular circumstances. In my case, it was cancer. Somebody else's case, it might be, do I stay with this relationship? Do I form this relationship? Do I buy this house? Do I change jobs? Whatever, whatever. Changing life circumstances are all part of our soul's journey. If it was all pre-programmed and predestined, we'd be just like celestial puppets dancing on a string. Yeah, I, I agree with you a thousand percent. And I, you know, for myself, I, I don't even consider what I used to consider uh, kind of in the back of my mind about this particular age. Uh, that's not an issue anymore because I've shifted it. And I think we do, through free will, have the ability. Uh, based on our learning and our determination, we can shift things. So for the benefit of our listeners, uh, because I think a lot of them have had their own uh, experiences with cancer, tell us a little bit about, um, or as much as you want about, okay, you you made your decision, you went into the treatment. How did that go? Because you, you, you drill into that in the book. Uh, tell us about that and maybe can you can guide and, uh, provide some uh, yep. wisdom for our listeners because, you know, the real deal is when somebody gets a diagnosis, they have to make a decision and then they have to go through the treatments and some of the treatments are not a lot of fun. No, they aren't. And uh, for a lot of people, uh, they are very, very confronting. I found that because I had um, throat cancer and I had to have a, a mask put over me, which was bolted down mm. uh, so that I can have 35 different radiotherapy treatments and I couldn't move because the system that I was working under was called TOMO, T-O-M-O, and it's a very micro-fined process where it it really is computer programmed into a very, very small area so that it doesn't impact over the rest of your throat or body wherever it's being targeted. And I was feeling an advanced claustrophobia at this stage, thinking I'm going to be bolted down for about half an hour, 35 minutes, 35 times. 
Yep. So I went away and I, I managed to, I, I knew somebody who'd been on my radio program, Radio Arte, and um, she was a hypnotherapist. She did some wonderful hypnotherapy work with me, preparing, preparing mm-hmm. me for ways so that I could go in there relaxed. When I was going in there, my daughter, who's a psychologist, um, Beck said to me, um, why don't you do some visualization while you're in there? And that way, when mm-hmm. you're underneath, you, you're not sort of feeling as if you, you're trapped in some kind of a machine. It's like an MRI, but it's not as noisy. And so I used to visualize. I used to head off to all sorts of places while I was having the treatments, and, and the treatments would go very, very quickly. I also did relaxation exercises, another suggestion by my daughter, which I learned yep. about many, many years ago training in the theater. But you forget about these things as a part. This is where you need help. I had energy healers. I had all sorts of help that was given to me because I asked and I always believe you'd, uh, you don't ask you don't yet Spirit yep. said that they would help me send me people and they did so I was able to prepare before I went in and I was able to understand what I was going to go through and I, went, I didn't go in there with any fear I went in there knowing what was ahead of me and what uh, little tools that I'd had to work with the visualisation the relaxation the hypnotherapy the, the healing, the energy healing that I was getting, uh, which I've written in great detail about in the drawing. Yep. And also having the help of Anne, my partner, who was there with me, uh, being very, very close, so supportive, so loving, that I was able to come back after each treatment and know that she was there and we could uh, maybe go for a walk or just spend some quiet time together and just being in that very loving atmosphere. So it's preparing yourself and not just giving in to the whole medical system. Right. Taking some um, kind of responsibility, as I said before. Mm-hmm. Now, you a couple of things. Let's talk about a couple of techniques uh, that you use. Like one is uh, these uh, runes, these stones, and Kano, I think it is. Yeah. Um, t- talk oh, to yeah. us about what, what, what are those? Rune stones are something that the ancient Vikings used to have, and it's a wonderful way of... Uh, self-divination. If people want to be, maybe Google it and find out the rune stones, there uh, a whole bunch of little stones, and each one of them has uh, an associated message with it. And there's a, a book written by a guy in the States called Ralph Blum, uh, the uh, the rune stones. And whenever you pull this, you, you're going into your own intuition. And I pulled some of these rune stones at various times just to get some backup messages for myself. Um, other people might like to consult whatever uh, a psychic they might want to consult a, a psychologist they might more whatever they want to do for me i got some really wonderful information from these rooms and it just showed me i was on course it, it helped me at one stage i said am i doing the right thing one of the rooms came out and talked about the darkness that was being released well i knew the darkness related to cancer and i have to release it i have to let the past mm-hmm. go to be able to embrace the present and move towards the future so the rune stones were very helpful. Okay. How about um, now? I I I share this practice with you. I do oil pulling every morning. Been doing it for about three years yeah. now. Uh, organic uh, coconut oil. Uh, Twenty minutes. Swish swish swish. Spit it in the garbage. Yeah. Rinse out with uh, salt water. And uh, I usually follow it with a glass of water with either apple cider vinegar or pascalite clay which pulls a lot of things out of your insides and colon. Tell us about that practice and how it's helped you. Well, the Ayurvedic medicine, that's a very old one, oil pulling, and Mm -hmm. even my dentist agreed that it was a good one. And when you're having any kind of treatment, radiotherapy around your mouth and throat area, it can have a side impact on the teeth. So I had to make sure that all my dental work was up to date, and and this was part of it, and, and getting rid of all of those little nasties in the mouth. Um, and and just clearing the way, so everything went extremely well. Robert, I'm I'm going to have to do something here. I am totally committed in a few minutes' time. I thought okay, we were, no, uh, let's uh, tell us, uh, Barry. That's fine. Uh, tell us, uh, we're good. Tell us about uh, where we can find you and your book, and then I'll let you go. Fantastic. I, I'm sorry to uh, do this. No, no, no. I, that's I fine. Really I've got a whole bunch of people standing waiting for me. You got it. Um, I'm, I'm doing a whole big training session in a few minutes. Um, the book, The Joy of Living, Postponing the Afterlife, co-written with my partner, Anne Morgenoff. Um, I'm Barry Eaton. 
If I want to find more about that, about me, the best thing to do is go to my radio website, which is Radio Out There. Three words, but all joined together, radiooutthere.com. And there's a link to the book. Uh, the best place to buy it in the States is definitely through one of the online uh, outlets, uh, Amazon, Barnes & Noble, Book Depository, you know, many other places. There's various bookstores. I just don't know the, the names of them all. That's the best way to order it online. Okay, fantastic. Well, listen, Barry, we're going to let you go. As always, you've been a great guest. I always enjoy speaking with you. I learned so much, and all the best to you, and thank you for sharing your journey. And I'm sure uh, everybody's gotten a lot out of uh, uh, your book and also uh, a lot of the wisdom that you've gleaned from the experience that you've had. And I thank you very much for being my special guest once again on Guys Guys Radio. So all the best, and I hope to speak to you again. Robert, thank you very much. Always a good uh, opportunity to speak and catch up with you. And thanks very much for the opportunity. We'll talk soon. You got it. Okay, folks, that's our special guest, uh, Barry Eaton. The book, again, is The Joy of Living, Postponing the Afterlife. So we're going to take a quick uh, break, and then uh, we'll do the Guys, Guys Guide, and then uh, we'll wrap up the show. So let's uh, take a very quick break, and then we'll come back. All right, we're back. Um, this week, our Guys Guys Guide, as I mentioned at the beginning of the show, is about um, being. Um, you know, modern life is so stressful that sometimes it feels like there's not enough hours in the day to deal with all of our responsibilities. But is that how you really want to live your life? You know, we're so busy. Everybody, particularly here in New York, they've got to be doing, doing, doing something. People double book, triple book. They can't take a break. They can't take a break even from the tasks, the work, the planning ahead, the social media, the, test, the texting, the incessantly checking email. Are we really programmed for that, though? I don't think so. So I suggest that we learn to just be. And that doesn't mean do nothing for the sake of being lazy and doing nothing. It's for our betterment, to clear our head, to cleanse our soul to be able to figure things out because we can come kind of a blank slate and let the information come to us, allow ourselves to be aligned with our truth. So here's a couple of tips that I've developed over the years that have worked for me. I'll share them with you. I hope you like them. If not, that's up to you. Do what, do as you please. Um, number one is to every once in a while, you've got to unplug. You got to put the iPhone down. You got to get away from the computer. You know, whenever we're on the computer, we're reading, we're scrolling through Facebook, we're looking at pictures on Instagram, whatever we're doing, it, you can just get sucked in where you just scroll, 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 scroll. And uh, at a certain point, it's just too much on the mind. So every once in a while, you just got to take a step back and say, I got to take a break. I got to get away from the computer and my device because. You know, it's like AI is winning. The second thing uh, that I had mentioned earlier was, you know, resting and recharge. And sometimes it's forced on you. For me, when I uh, was diagnosed with pneumonia, I took a step back and said, all right, I'm going to pay my bills. I'm going to do the work I have to do, but I'm not going to do anything more until I'm better. And I took about a month to really just wind down, no working out, taking naps when I needed one, sleeping, deep sleep at night not partying, not running, not walking, not just really not, I didn't really get into music or to movies or sport. Just like, I just wanted to just kind of be, and that's what I did. And it really helped. And I think it's a good practice. Um, another thing is stopping the internal monkey chatter, as Barry had mentioned during our talk, you know, the mind just keeps talking and it's ego and it's really tough to shut it down. But I find if you go into meditation, you take yourself down slowly. When thoughts come through, like I got to pick up my dry cleaning or like what's the third song on that CD or whatever, you just let the thought go by like a cloud floating through the sky. You don't worry about it. You just let it pass. And over time, these thoughts will just kind of pass and they'll pass and they'll pass. And then you can rest your mind. Another thing to do is consider the big picture. I mean, the big, big picture. You know, my mom always says, this too shall pass. And it's, the words have never been more true, where, you know, something that seems so important to you right now, whether it's this particular job or this particular assignment or this particular date you're going on or whatever it is, 
think about what that's going to mean a year from now, three years from now, five years from now. Maybe it'll mean a lot, maybe not. Things change. Roll with it. Live. Learn to enjoy. As part of that, letting go and trusting is huge. You know, when you do let go, when you say, you know what, I'm just going to take a step back. I'm going to give it all to the universal consciousness. I'm going to put my faith there. I'm going to focus on my truth and my alignment. When you do that, I find you get help. Sometimes the help might not be that overt, but sometimes people get help and messaging in different ways. Like I had mentioned, I just had a feeling like go back to New York, go to a doctor. And I listened and then I had asked for a sign and then all of a sudden this finch showed up in my beach house and I was like, maybe that's a sign. Could have been a coincidence, but I've never seen a bird like that. It's never come into my beach house. So I take it. So the bottom line is, you know, you have to be, or you don't have to be, it's up to you, but if I find it helpful to be open-minded, that allow yourself the time it takes to take a step back to just be. You can do and you can be. And uh, the guy's guy's guide of the guy's guy of the week that I identify in my weekly blog this week is Dr. Amat Goswami, Amat Goswami, and he came up with the term "doobie doobie do," similar to the Frank Sinatra song "Strangers in the Night," which is how to blend the process and the way of living as doing things, and then being, and then doing and being, but not just do 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 do. And of course, not just meditate, 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 be, 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 be. It's got to be a blend. And I think when you do that, you give it a try, it really works. So anyhow, that's our show for this evening. I hope you enjoyed it. Uh, next week, we're back. We've got a new guest, uh, uh, a psychic and channeler, Jeanette Meeks. I did a session with her, as did my wife, uh, about a month ago, and she was fantastic. She was recommended to us by uh, channeler Paul Selig. And... Um, I asked her to come on the show and she's going to bring her guides along. So it should be very interesting and a lot of fun. So anyhow, I hope you have a great week. Uh, If you're still in the hot weather, I hope you can cool off. Um, Let's give our prayers to the folks in Puerto Rico. And uh, as I always like to say at the end of our broadcast, guys, guys, finish first.